0: Welcome back, I'm your host Emily and you're listening to Beyond a Bedtime Story, a parent's guide to children's reading. In this episode, I'll be introducing you to two of my favorite picture books from childhood while giving specific ways to prompt your child while reading from each text. I'll begin with I Love My New Toy by Mo Willems. It's a part of his Elephant and Piggy series. Now, I absolutely adored this series growing up. I think I at least read the whole thing through once, if not multiple times over. It's a great tool as a parent to prompt your child. In this book, I Love My New Toy, Piggy presents Elephant with this new toy that he found. He's so excited about this new toy. And let's just say things go awry and elephant breaks the toy and everyone's upset until it is fixed. And that's a short synopsis of the story. It's really a good one. I suggest you go out and buy it or get it from the library. And now I'm going to get into things that you can accompany your read aloud of this book with. So if you have it, feel free to get it out and follow along as I refer to specific page numbers. My first strategy that I would recommend you use as a parent is an emphasis on vocal inflection while you're reading. Mo Willems actually encourages this with his illustrations of the text and how he configures his speech bubbles. It's very strategic in bolding, capitalizing, and punctuating speech with multiple exclamation points when something exciting is happening or there's anger or a lot of emotion on the page. An example of this is on page 18 and 19. We see Elephant and Piggy's toy break, but that break is very pronounced, in all caps, BREAK. So when you're reading to your child, reading it in with that emotion and with that tone of this surprise, as prompted by the illustration of having these huge words that are bolded, that's going to engage your child. It makes the experience fun while infusing it with a lot of emotion. And it also aligns with what's being shown on the page. You can see that both Elephant and Piggy are showing alarm in their face. So by expressing that alarm with a loud break, it goes along with the story. So your child can start to make those connections between images and text and plot what's going on in the story at the same time. Just another example of a place where vocal inflection could be important is on pages 24 and 25. Piggy is expressing his anger for Elephant having broken his new toy. He says, my new toy. I am mad. So it sounds silly. I'm literally in an empty recording studio doing this. But there's no shame or embarrassment in reading the book how it's supposed to be read and how it's supposed to be read is with these grand emotions that... Piggy is obviously displaying his arm is up on page 25 in anger. Being a good reader is shrouding your kid in these experiences of bringing that story to life by embodying the emotions of the characters. And vocal inflection is definitely a pivotal way to do that. It's very important, especially when you have text that Mo Willems use in prompting his audience by making text capitalized and bolded. It's, it's a very ingenious technique. Why not take advantage of it as a parent? I mean, just take a look at pages 36 through 38. We have some very elaborate crying going on. Wah! And huge text. So it would be lame to not read it like how it's supposed to be read, which is very overdramatic. And this will be fun. It will make the experience fun. But it's also just a good technique to model what's going on in the story so that your child can begin to draw connections between what's really happening, and this isn't just text on a page. Along with vocal inflection, another way to kind of bring the story to life in I Love My New Toy is by mirroring the character's physical movements. On page 12 and 13, elephant throws up a ball, and then elephant and piggy are looking up at that ball. And there's not even speech or text on this page, it's simply the image. But when showing your child these images, you might also look up like elephant and piggy, and maybe your child will mirror your movements and they'll also look up. But it's a way of showing that these illustrations are important and while there's no speech, they're still talking about the story and the action of that ball going up. And by simply raising your head, pretending like you're one of the characters, it just makes that story feel real. That technique is also apparent on page 16 when Mo Willems actually has the reader turn the book as the ball comes down. So if you want to look up, turn the book and track that ball as it comes down. It just makes the experience fun overall for you and your child. You're interacting with the text, you're using it how it's supposed to be used, and you're also just immersing them in that story. I think a common theme amongst vocal inflection in these physical movements is honestly being overdramatic. As a reader, being overdramatic is the best way you can be because you're just amplifying all the things that are happening and it'll be easier for your child to recognize what's going on. Another way we can do that is with facial expressions. So on page 20 and 21 of I Love My New Toy, after that toy breaks, Elephant and Piggy are just distraught. Like if you look at their faces, their illustrat- the illustrations say it all. Again, there's no text on this page, but that doesn't mean it's not important. Maybe you pause on this page and you make a sad face yourself while the characters are also making it. And your child seeing you make that sad face, maybe they start making a sad face. And they're just becoming a part of the story and going through the plot with the characters, and it's a way of having them interact with the story on another level. It's super simple. All of these things are super simple, but that doesn't reduce their significance to the storytelling. So in addition to those techniques of how you can prompt your child while reading, there are also activities that you can do after reading that can just extend what they learned beyond simply having that read aloud and enjoying the story. I have an example of a follow-up prompt that you can give your child. This is simply a question that you can pose to them and they can just verbally, you can discuss it, but just to have a conversation. And it's centered around theme. And it's a theme that appears when Elephant says, friends are more than toys. It's on page 55, I guess it's the, and you might just be like, friends are more than toys and close the book and be done with it. And that's all good and well and fine. You still read the book and you're engaged with your child. But though that message only spanned one page, that theme of friendship is a very powerful powerful one, especially at the age that your child might be at. They're new to forming friendships and being in the classroom. So if you want to expand your child's thinking on that theme, you can simply ask them about it, prompt them about it. A possible prompt that I have that you can use is, what friends do you like playing with? After you're done the book, you say, oh, they, they talked about friends being more important than toys. Who are some friends that you have at school that you like to play with? Prompts like these are simple. They should be simple. It shouldn't be a hard task for you to agonize over coming up with. But it goes a long way of focusing your child on friendship and considering deeper meanings beyond the text. And it's also kind of fun. You get to hear a little bit about your child while also relating it to a story and theme at the same time. So I hope you enjoyed that review of I Love My New Toy. And I hope that gives you a good idea of what these next couple segments and the next couple episodes will be like of me reviewing books. The majority of the time will be spent on giving specific ways that you can interact with the text in order to engage your child. And it just gives you a guide for elevating your bedtime story skills. So in the next segment, I will get into reviewing if you give a mouse a cookie. again let's just dive into the next book if you give a mouse a cookie by laura numeroff i loved this book growing up i think it's safe to say that this is a classic book if you don't already know what it is this book delves into the relationship of a mouse and a boy and the boy gives the mouse a cookie and then the mouse ends up having numerous numbers of requests from the boy and it's it's very fun and silly and i think your child will definitely enjoy it this book can be taken to another level when you employ the techniques that i'm about to describe a lot of my techniques mostly revolve around the acquisition of vocabulary and paying attention to speech and also some story creation prompts so let's get into it one thing that i like about if you give a mouse a cookie is that the structure is simple and that it repeats and there are a lot of repeated words that your child will begin to pick up on And that makes it perfect for really focusing on a couple key vocabulary words for your child. Now the activity that I'm gonna first suggest is that you create your own sight words based upon repeated language in the text. Something that I observed in the classroom was students having weekly sight words or words to look out for in their reading. And when it would appear in a read aloud, they would shout the sight word. And it was usually vocabulary. They would also be focusing on writing and writing out those words and stuff like that. So you can create your own sight words. Since I previewed this story, I have recommendations for what sight words I think might be useful to use. My sight words that I picked out were if, you, and he. And these are words that are repeated a lot throughout the story. They're also simple words that your child will most likely be able to know, be able to say, be able to comprehend. And that makes it a good sight word. You want a sight word to be easy, easy to find, and you don't want to do too many. So three is good because they can just really focus on finding those those three words throughout the story. I suggest printing these three words on note cards for your child, so writing them in bright letters on note cards and place them in front of your child while you're reading so he can be reminded to look out for those sight words. I would like to also mention that he is a unique sight word because throughout the story he takes on multiple forms. The narrator doesn't just say he, the narrator also says, hill and he also says he's so your child might also catch on that oh that looks like he but it looks a little different that's a really good skill to be able to identify huh and he's and hill there's he in that word even though it's not just he i like this activity because i think it's easy while you're reading you're just reading the story like you usually would and hopefully your child will be picking out words as you're going you may be frequently stopped But that's okay, maybe if you want a possibility is to read the book in its entirety first and then go back with the sight words and have your child pick out the sight words in the second read through that might be helpful because you're definitely going to be stopped very often by your child pointing out those sight words. And also you can follow up the readout after going through the sight words with having your child write out the words on a piece of paper if you want. It's totally up to you. As the parent, it's up to your discre- discretion how much of the activity you want to do. I'm just here to give suggestions and I think this is a really cool one that's pretty easy to implement. Now, I mentioned the author's use of repeated phrases, and one of the repeated phrases are these like hypothetical situations. If you give a mouse a cookie, then he's going to ask for a glass of milk. With these hypothetical situations, there's a lot of imaginative avenues that you can explore with your child after finishing the book. A possible follow-up prompt for your child could be to give them new what-ifs, statements. For example, if you say to your child, if you give a dog a blank, he will want a blank and blank. And you can write these phrases on a piece of paper and have your child fill in the blank. They can verbally fill in the blank. And you can also have them draw a picture in accordance with the story that they're creating. It's helping them craft a story, but it's also scaffolded so they have structure for how they scaffold the story they have structure for how they write the story and it also goes perfectly in accordance with the story they just read so the story they just read is a model for the activity they're about to do further guidance for your child p- can be given if you model the story first maybe you've answered the prompt first and you show your child well if you give a dog a leash he will want a wall i'm making these up off the top of my head but the idea is to act as an example for your child to make that process easier. And you can also try this with different animals. Maybe you could pick out your child's favorite animal, if you know it, and give them a prompt based on that. You can take it in many directions, but this is just an example of how you can expand the story to include story creation, like the story creation workshops I mentioned in my previous episode. And it's really fun to just personalize the experience and engage with your child. Another prompt that you can follow up with is one that goes along more with theme. And this is more of a conversation that you'll have with your child similar to the friendship theme that I talked about in I Love, you, I Love My New Toy. This is also actually a friendship theme. These themes are very interrelated. As we see this boy and this mouth grow in this unique relationship that you wouldn't expect, a possible prompt could be, what makes the boy a good friend to the mouse? Why is the boy a good friend to the mouse? If your child doesn't know, you could tell them, well, he invites him into his house. He gives him milk. I specifically, when you're giving this prompt, would go to the last page because there's an image of the mouse sitting on the boy's lap. So you can really see their relationship. That friendship is evident. So this will concentrate your child on that theme of friendship, on this image of friendship that we're left with at the end. And really that the story is not just about the silly mouse asking for insane requests. It's really about this boy being a good friend to the mouse. Be encouraging to your child when they're answering the questions. All of these things... All of these tips that I'm giving should be fun first. You should have fun with your child doing these things, and that's the most important thing. The educational benefits will just grow from there. They're inherent from there. Now I will end with a final short segment summarizing what makes these stories good books and providing similar recommendations. Welcome back to the last segment. The next couple episodes of my podcast will also follow this structure, reviewing picture books, followed by a final segment, identifying what makes these books special and any similar recommendations for you to explore. What I love about If You Give a Mouse a Cookie and the Elephant and Piggy book is that they're a part of a series. My favorite book in the If You Give a Mouse a Cookie series is actually If You Give a Pig a Pancake. And Elephant and Piggy, I I read all of them. So having a staple series for your child and introducing them to a series when they're young might be helpful for them to take a liking to a certain style, to a certain book. And as they grow in reading and as they begin reading on their own, they may take that initiative in the library to seek out that book on their to read on their own. I know that happened for me at least with specifically Elephant and Piggy. As I was able to read on my own I gravitated toward that series. I always knew what I wanted to read because there was always another book in that series to look at. As they become used to that structure, those books become easier to read and it's kind of like a home base that they have. So don't think it's bad for children to take a liking to a series. There should always be variety in what they read, but a staple series can definitely be a foundation for a love of reading. Similar and exciting series that I loved as a child and I think your child would also love would be Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus by also by Mo Willems. He does the Elephant and Piggy series. Bernstein Bears by Jan and Stan Bernstein and Amelia Bedelia by Peggy Parrish. So if you want to check those out, definitely do so thank you for tagging along with me on this lengthier episode i hope it was worthwhile and i'll see you next time